I'm Toby Leary from Cape Gunworks. I'm passionate about all things Second Amendment. While I love to shoot... Going hot. There is so much more to guns than just pulling the trigger. A free and armed society is a responsible and self-reliant one. Join us to talk all things guns, freedom, and self-defense. It isn't just about being armed. It's about being responsibly armed. So load and make ready. This is Rapid Fire. Welcome to Rapid Fire, a 2A talk radio show sponsored by Vortex Optics and the USCCA. Tune in each week at rapidfireradio.us. You can join in the conversation, you can type along in the chat, or you can give us a call on the Rapid Fire line, 508-444-2120, and we will answer your question on the air. That's 508-444-2120. You can leave a message or talk to us when we're broadcasting live. You can also text the Rapid Fire line, and we'll read that comment on the air. It's 508-444-2120. Like and subscribe on all the social media platforms. Our handle is at Cape Gunworks and at Rapid Fire Radio on Facebook and Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, all the usual suspects. And we've recently started a Rapid Fire Radio page on YouTube. So we've we've decoupled all of the Rapid Fire Radio social media accounts from the Cape Gunworks accounts in hopes that we'll be able to promote these posts and promote this content instead of just relying on uh, the good people who follow us sharing and liking and subscribing and commenting. And uh, because the current way we do things is like slow to grow the channel, but if we can decouple it and we can pay to promote these posts, then we should reach a much wider audience. Also, like I know our content, they actually are telling me that our Cape Gunworks content is not shared. It doesn't show up in searches. You got to know exactly what the name of our account is and type it in exactly right in order to even find our account. It won't be suggested. It won't come up in the feed. It won't be on reels. So, um, that's the algorithm that we're trying to defeat. Um, so we would really appreciate you guys liking, subscribe, uh, share, and comment. Um, spread the word far and wide. Uh, because, you know, it's funny. I see a lot of content out there on the Internet. And uh, I was saying this to Professor Claw, the producer, the other day, that we actually produce some really good content. And I'm not just biased. <laughs> but I think it is relevant information and uh, packaged up in a interactive way that people like to listen to. So if we could just get in front of more people, it would be a win for all involved, including you, the listeners. So anyway, um, we need your help with that, and I, I would greatly appreciate it. Um, but we have tons to talk about. This, this is going to be quite the show. It's going to be rapid fire for sure. Um, so much has happened in the last week about, you know, there's, I mean, there's just nonstop with the whole Hunter Biden uh, plea deal that came down the pipeline, which has uh, a lot of content from gun world um, about lying on the 4473. Um, we have 
the preliminary injunction in um, the Third Circuit that was granted has now been, the baby has been kind of split on that, and they've rolled back some of the protections on that preliminary injunction. Um, Plus, we have the Senate is going to be getting uh, joint resolution 44 from the House this week, and we're hoping that they'll vote on it this week before they recess for the summer, you know, July 4th, et cetera, et cetera. So, and we'll probably reserve a lot of that talk until uh, the second hour. We have Jared from Guns and Gadgets coming on in the second hour. So that'll be really fun uh, to talk to him about some of these issues. I know he has a great, uh, you know, he has his finger right on the pulse of what's going on out there. So uh, we'll talk a lot about that. Um, uh, But anyway, um, one of the things that I wanted to talk about as far as the uh, Hunter Biden story actually coincides with our poll today. I, I know the uh, Twitter poll I usually get to in the second segment, but I because I'm jumping right into the Hunter Biden uh, story, I want to talk about the poll question. And uh, first off, last, last week's poll question, let me give you the results of that, which were the House passed Joint resolution, uh, resolution 44. Will the Senate pass a similar bill? 77.8% of you said no, and 22% said yes. Um, I think I was part of the no votes. I can't remember. Um, but I'm actually being more optimistic now. That poll is still up on Twitter if you want to look at it. But this week's poll is um, it's up there now. It should be pinned under Rapid Fire Radio, all one word, on the Twitter page. And also you can go to rapidfireradio.us and vote in the poll there. But it's what do you think Hunter Biden's punishment should be for lying on the 4473? Jail time, pro, uh, probation is right. So in other words, the they got it right the way they dealt with it. Or the third question, which is really what I want to talk about, is the 4473 is unconstitutional. So that throws a little whammy at your quick yes or no, or like he should have gone to jail or he should be in on probation. And uh, it's funny because um, the Ammo Land had a similar thought behind it. Um, so I'm going to just read about a little bit about that article on Ammo Land. This is a uh, article by a friend of this channel, John Crump. Uh, I actually should probably try to get him back on the show one of these days. Um, but so it says, Wilmington, Delaware, as part of a plea deal, Hunter Biden will plead guilty to two counts of willful failure to pay federal income tax and enter into a pretrial diversion agreement over the possession of a firearm by a person who is an unlawful user of or addicted to a controlled substance. The plea deal will see that the president's son avoids any jail time. The gun charge system stems from the uh, younger Biden acquiring a firearm in 2018 while being addicted to crack cocaine, admittedly so, by the way. Hunter Biden purchased a Colt Cobra 38 Special Revolver from a Delaware gun store that year, stating on an ATF Form 4473 that he was not a current user of any illegal substances. Later, the firearm was recovered from a dumpster behind a grocery store where it was disposed of by his lover, who happened to be his deceased brother's wife, Haley Biden. 
Shortly after Biden, Hunter Biden's abandoned laptop would be turned over to the FBI and others showing damning evidence of Hunter Biden's fondness for crack, cocaine, and prostitutes, the gun charge could have landed Biden in prison for 10 years. Many on the conservative side of the aisle pointed out the hypocrisy of Biden not being criminally charged while others faced incarceration for the same violation. Others called for the prosecution of Biden for lying on a 4473. While I can understand and sympathize with the people that wanted to see Hunter Biden persecuted to the fullest extent of the law, we must not let our disdain for the corruption of the Biden family dilute our own no-compromise gun rights position. Biden lied on an ATF Form 4473 and recently in U.S. v. Holden, the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals, upheld a conviction of a man who lied on the background check form. A three-judge panel ruled that no matter how constitutionally dubious the 4473 form is, John Holden had no right to lie on the form to acquire a firearm. The panel stated that Holden could have simply not answered the question. The catch is that the gun store would be unable to sell him a firearm. The court's answer to this conundrum would be the prospective buyer to sue the federal government. We'll finish this article on the other side um, of the break. But before we go, remember, private archery lessons are back. Dylan is here. He's off of uh, his leave of absence. So check out the calendar. Schedule a one-on-one archery lesson with Dylan. Go to capegunworks.com and click on the class link to book one today. Give the kids a quiet new backyard hobby. All right. We'll be right back. You're listening to Rapid Fire. firearm for personal protection has never been more popular than it is today. The USCCA can help fortify your home, sharpen your awareness, and develop your defensive plan. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up. Your family's safety and security is your responsibility. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up for a USCCA membership and get special training, legal advice, and legal protection you and your family need. Vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex Optics today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire. Let us know what you think. Call or text 508-444-2120. Make sure you weigh in on this whole Hunter Biden lying on the 4473 issue. Um, And we have a winner. Chris S., look for an email from us. You have won the Phoenix Cape Gunworks Tactical... What is it called? The Tactical Full Automatic... uh, Let's say... Let me see the T6 automatic contractive tactical pen. I love that automatic contractive tactical pen. So, if you guys want to sign up for this week's giveaway, we're giving away a whole bag of the blackout coffee in the 2A Guns and Gadgets edition. It's a medium roast coffee, and uh, because we're talking a 
Jared today, I figured, why not give away some blackout coffee? It's good stuff. I'm drinking it right now. I'm drinking some as we speak on the air. It's delicious. I drink it every day. People ask me all the time, what coffee do you drink at home? I know you drink blackout at work. I said, I drink the K-Cup edition of the blackout coffee at home. So there you go. Um, and we have it in stock at capegunworks.com or come on down to the shop and we'll take care of you. But go to rapidfireradio.us to sign up and win. You want to be a winner, don't you? So sign up at capegunworks.com. I'm sorry, at rapidfireradio.us. Scroll down a little bit and enter the contest. We'll pull the winner on next week's show. And this week's discount code, for those of you playing along at home, is RIFLE. So if you want to get a very special discount off your entire purchase at capegunworks.com, use code word RIFLE. And that's just for us, okay? That's just our little secret. All right. Back to the article. So focus on the bigger picture, the constitutionality of the 4473 and the laws prohibiting users of drugs from owning firearms. First, let's look at the Seven Circuit assertion uh, that Holden couldn't have chosen to answer certain questions on the 4473. If he didn't, it's almost certain the gun store would not have transferred the firearm, leaving him no choice but to sue the federal government. Taking on the federal government in court is a costly endeavor and could take years to get the appropriate relief. Very few people can afford such a case. Holden's only real choice was to lie on the 4473 or give up his God-given right to bear arms for life. Maybe Hunter Biden was in the financial position to challenge the law, but should he have have to fight the government for the right as he has protected by the Constitution? The Bruin decision states that all gun laws must be consistent with the original text, tradition, and history of the Second Amendment. At the time of the ratification of the Second Amendment, there was no law anywhere in the country that required Americans to fill out a form to be able to purchase a firearm. Likewise, there is nowhere in the Second Amendment that states you must fill out a form honestly and be subjected to a background check to acquire a gun. In fact, I believe the Founding Fathers would be horrified to know that we ask for a government permission slip to buy a gun. Then there is the government's prohibition of people on various substances from owning firearms. These laws even ban marijuana users from having guns. The medicinal uses of marijuana are something widely accepted across the medical field. Many states have decriminalized marijuana, leading to widespread confusion about gun laws among firearm owners and marijuana users. Yet the federal government refuses to change the law, and uh, prohibition has never worked and never will work. As a no-compromise gun rights advocates, we should be uh, we should oppose more than the prohibition of marijuana users from owning firearms. Choosing to put a substance in your body should not strip you of an in- inalienable right. Once again, we look to the original text, history, and tradition of the Second Amendment. The text does not prohibit anyone from owning a firearm because of the substance they choose to ingest. The federal government will be hard-pressed to find historical analogs to show any laws in 1791 banning someone from a core right because they put something that the government doesn't like into their body. Stripping someone of their right without due process is not only un-American, but it's also evil. Some might disagree with my stance on Hunter Biden, but I believe we can print out the hypocrisy, uh, point out the hypocrisy for the Biden family without becoming hypocrites ourselves. Will I cry Hunter, uh, cry for Hunter Biden? Absolutely not. Do I think that he got off lightly because of his dad? 
Absolutely. But I will not want laws applied to him that I don't want to be applied to other Americans. I am a gun rights absolutionist. It goes far beyond the Second Amendment. I accept gun rights as a human right, and that means no compromise no matter what my personal feelings are about a person. I believe that the government does not have a role in regulating firearms. I think that all gun laws are inherently evil, and I will not let my feelings toward one individual make me compromise my belief. All right, so that's the article from John Crump at Ammo Land. Um, and I agree with 95% of what he's saying there. Where I think the battle should have taken place, though, is he should have been charged um to the fullest extent of the law currently as written and let his legal defense team make the argument that it's unconstitutional. And I say that because um, right now there's an unequal application of the law based on who you are and who you know and what family you're from and who's your dad. That, I think, is a whole separate issue that needs to be put in the spotlight And this was a perfect opportunity to put it in the spotlight. The second side of it is I agree wholeheartedly that the 4473 is unconstitutional. The problem is they are putting people in government cages for violations of that, not to mention uh, FFL or licensed gun shops, retailers like myself, are under threat of losing our license to sell a constitutionally protected item every year when we have our annual audit and they have these things called willful violations. So you see this charge against Hunter Biden was willfully not filing his tax return, meaning knowingly he chose not to do it. He willfully acted on or didn't act on filing his income tax returns for two years. That's the bigger crime in this situation, and he got off with basically probation. And the irony of this is under the 4473s that the customer fills out and there's a portion of that the licensed gun shop uh, fills out, if they've ever had a warning from an ATF agent on an error on one of those forms. If that error ever takes place again, now they are willfully in violation of the code or the law around the 4473s. So that is means you can be uh, recommended for revocation hearing. So if somebody doesn't fill out their 4473 correctly and you don't pick up on it, then you are willfully lying on this form. And under Joe Biden's uh, current uh, three-letter agency bureaucracies like the ATF, they are under a strict order of zero tolerance for said willful violations on the 4473. So they're asking of the licensed gun shop... uh, things that they themselves don't do. And also they had a, you know, a case up on a silver platter to make an example out of somebody. But then again, he is the president's son. And, and Joe Biden has maintained his son's innocence. He just went on national TV and said, my son is innocent. He hasn't done anything wrong. 
even though the laptop shows otherwise. Um, but, you know, I get it. Your paternal father is going to uh, think you do no evil and no wrong, even though uh, it's documented for the world to see in vivid color. And uh, the worst part is the hypocrisy of your anti-gun regime and agenda you want to prosecute people for violations on the 4473 under your zero tolerance policy. But yet when your son gets jammed up, nothing to see here, folks. Move along. You know, don't look too deep into this. Uh, he was addicted to drugs, so we're going to give him a uh, deferment uh, program. We're going to give him this uh it's called a pretrial diversion agreement, which by the time it's all said and done, he will be, uh, it'll be like he never violated the law if he, if he keeps his nose clean and the crack pipe out of his mouth for, for a while. He'll be, he'll be, um, he'll be, you know, it'll be as if he didn't lie on the form. The other side of the thing is, uh, when, you reach an agreement with the government on something like this, a plea deal. I promise you, and they say it's there's an ongoing investigation, but I promise you one thing, that when Hunter Biden's lawyers sign this agreement, that the government will drop all other cases. So the dispo, illegal disposing of the gun in the trash behind the grocery store within a, uh, right by a school, that will be not ever prosecuted because of this plea deal. So he pled out to the lower charge, but that alone, that disposing of the gun within a school zone and a, you know, again, I don't think you should be limited where you can and can't carry a gun, but the legal disposition of a gun in a trash can where kids could have found it is a much greater offense than, than lying on this. Uh, We'll do a quick little segment on this when we come back because I want to wrap it up um, and kind of bring it full circle. But um, don't forget to check out our calendar. We have date night every Friday and ladies night every other Thursday. We also have range experience packages where you don't need a gun license to partake. So if you come to the Cape from out of state or you're on, uh, you know, a tourist here, Uh, from out of the country, you'll be able to shoot on our range with one of our uh, range safety officers and do our range experience package. We will be right back. I'm Toby Leary, and this is Rapid Fire. Too hard to leave shots like these to chance. Now you never have to compromise performance again. Federal Premium Heavy Bismuth hits ducks and upland birds with 9.6 gram per cubic centimeter pellets sourced from Heavy Shot. 22% denser than steel. More energy downrange. Launched by the Flight Control Flex Wad, Heavy Bismuth patterns consistently and is safe in all shotguns. Loaded in the USA by Federal Ammunition. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. Phone number is 508-404-2120. If you 
want to be on the show and talk with me, if you have any questions, give us a call. Uh, you can shoot us a text as well. And um, today's poll question at rapidfireradio.us is, what do you think Hunter's punishment should be for lying on a 4473? Jail time, or they got it right, in other words, probation is right, or nothing, it's unconstitutional. Currently, it's jail time is 100%. Uh, but go ahead and make your voice heard at rapidfireradio.us or go search Rapid Fire Radio on the Twitter. And it's all one word, Rapid Fire Radio. This week's code is rifle. Um, so go ahead and put rifle in as your discount code at the end of uh, your checkout at capegunworks.com. Um, all right. So stand by one sec. And uh, so, so yeah, we have um, just to wrap up this thought about the about the whole Hunter Biden situation. Um, there's some people already taking me to task in the comments that it was Haley Biden that dis- illegally disposed of the gun, and yes, I would agree with that. Um, she did, um, but I still think it is a part of the larger problem of um, the situation that he lied to get the gun in the first place and also uh what's interesting is they disposed of the gun with you know in within a gun-free zone right near a school and then there's a new york congressman that has proposed making a the gun-free zone around a school which is currently i think a thousand feet and he wants to expand it out to five thousand feet so that's nearly a mile uh, pretty much a mile from a school, they want to make uh, make it a gun-free zone where you could be prosecuted for possession of a gun on school property if you're, if you're caught within a mile of a school. Now, what this implies is that, A, gun owners are the ones that are committing school shootings. Like your average run-of-the-mill gun owner, you can't be trusted to have your gun, whether it's your concealed carry or your hunting gun or uh, your guns you take to and from the range or whatever, you're not trustworthy to bring these uh, within a mile of a school because you might just snap and all of a sudden go in and shoot the school up, which is absolutely ridiculous. The second thing it implies is that criminals, the people who do commit these heinous acts would ever care and follow the law. And that's exactly the problem is, okay, so the thousand foot isn't working. Let's, I don't know what five times is, but it would be called, it's more than quadruple it. Let's quadruple the distance and quadruple down on something that isn't working. And maybe it'll work. Maybe it'll work now because the thousand foot gun free zone isn't working. So the irony in all of this is this implies that the people you who I say you don't need to worry about are the ones that are committing these crimes and they're not. And B, that criminals who do commit this heinous act will all of a sudden give a crap about the fact that you say, oh, you can't come within 5,000 feet of a school. Neither of those are true. And 
what is true, though, is the sentiment behind this type of legislation is that good people who choose to be gun owners need to be looked at in a different light from the rest of the world. They need to be looked at with a very skeptical eye. They need to be looked at um, as a potential domestic terrorist. They need to be looked at as a potential uh, unhinged psychopath who's willing and able and could at any given moment go crazy and wipe out tons of people. That's what most gun control legislation insinuates because we all know that if gun owners were really the problem, this country would be a horrific place to be because we have so many, we have a hundred million gun owners almost in this country who own somewhere between four and 500 million guns. And if all of a sudden we all, you know, decided to act out the purge one day, then yeah, it would be a it would be a very frightening place to be. But the point is they don't. And I reject the sentiment that these politicians project onto gun owners. Like we need to make sure that you can't carry a gun in a public library. You can't carry a gun into a sporting event. You can't carry a gun onto uh state land or uh, federal buildings. You can't carry a gun uh, into, um, you know, schools. You can't carry them onto college campuses. You can't carry them into what we deem sensitive areas. In some cases, they even project that you can't take them onto private property, your own private place of business, if it's within a sensitive area, or uh, you know, a subway system, or uh, and I say that. Some of these areas they're talking about are the exact reason why I should be allowed to carry a gun because they're not safe places. And unless government is going to make a protection like an airport into any of these places where they disarm people at the door with metal detectors and wands and check them for guns or any type of weapon, uh, then they have no right disarming me who has chosen to protect myself with a constitutionally protected arm. So the, the projection of, you know, saying that you can't bring guns into certain areas is basically casting aspersions against gun owners in general, saying that they're an unhinged group ready to commit, uh, you know, mayhem at any given time and could. That's why we need to disarm them from going to the library or the post office or the, um, you know, the post office or the public park or any state or federal space, which I reject is my tax dollars paid for this in the first place and pay to maintain it and pay to, uh, you know, build it and buy it in the first place when you take it off the tax rolls. Um, so why are you now saying I can't exercise my right to keep and bear arms on these places? It doesn't make sense. So, uh, but this is the message that's portrayed out there. Uh, but let me know what you guys think. 508-444-2120. Uh, that's 508-444-2120. Um, 
Skilled says it's a pretrial intervention. He will not be a prohibited person. Um, and I thought that in order to cut a deal, you generally had to admit to sufficient facts. Maybe not when you're in the president's son. Um, it will go away like it never happened after his probation. That's for sure. Um, I guarantee that. Um, uh, and Mike is saying, I live a quarter mile from a high school. So what are you going to do? You're going to have to sell your house. Are you going to have to, um, move? Or are you going to have to make sure you don't carry your gun? Uh, you know, it doesn't make any sense. Game over. And I know in like New Jersey, they actually tried to ban concealed carry in, in a, uh, automobile. So can you imagine you're driving down the road and, you know, they're saying you can't concealed carry in your own car? That's ridiculous. But thankfully, that got kicked out of the that work. We're going to talk about that in the second hour with Jared, though, Why? about the uh, news coming out of the second court. I'm sorry, the Third Circuit Court of Appeals. Um, so anyway, uh, the one thing I will say in a little bit of digression from what John Crump said is there are people currently serving time right now for the very thing that he offended. And I really wish that they would have charged him with the same offense and let what his lawyers had said that they might use as a legal defense is cite the Bruin case that the 4473 is unconstitutional. And I was like, yes, like name that tune well played. And I would have, I would have been, that would have been one situation where I would have championed the fact that he got off because it would have set legal precedent for everybody else to challenge the 4473 as an unconstitutional document, which it is, not to mention the regulations that it's created on a constitutionally protected industry. Um, so a lot of nuance there, a lot going on, but I think ultimately this whole Bruin decision will eventually make that right. So, um, you know, the whole background checks in 4473 in the first place. So, uh, But I will say that you can't just have it both ways. You, if we... Uh, well, I'm not going to go down that road. In other words, what I was going to say is you still have to fix the problem with career criminals. You have to lock them away for a long period of time. So let's leave it at that. All right, but don't be afraid to take a private lesson and get one-on-one instruction tailored to you. We have lessons for pistol, rifle, and shotgun or test out different guns. We also have small group lessons coming soon to Cape Gunworks near you. So go to capegunworks.com forward slash privates to sign up for a private lesson. Make sure you use your weapons safely and efficiently. I'll be right back. I'm Toby Leary. This is Rapid Fire. The firearm for personal protection has never been more popular than it is today. The USCCA can help fortify your home, sharpen your awareness, and develop your defensive plan. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up. Your family's safety and security is your responsibility. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up for a USCCA membership and get special training, legal advice, and legal protection you and your family need. 
Vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex Optics today. Guess what? It's time for the Gun of the Week, the Rapid Fire Radio Gun of the Week. And this week we have a variety of guns for you, but they're all the Ruger Wrangler. So what's really cool about the Ruger Wrangler pistol is you can get them in a variety of configurations, variety of barrel lengths, variety of color. We got burnt bronze, silver, and black in stock. We got the bird's head grip and the standard grip. So these are just phenomenal plinkers. If you ever want to go to the range and just have a ton of fun, single action uh, style, this is the way to go. The Ruger Wrangler is a really fun gun and it's cheap. So, you know, inexpensive. There's no other word around it. It's cheap, right? So, uh, but yeah, they're in the spirit of the old cowboy gun, the single action army. They got the rear notch sight. And uh, this one happens to be the seven and a half inch barrel in the burnt bronze. So just a ton of fun to go down to the range and plink without breaking the bank. Uh, you can, you know, get them cheap, plus 22 is a cheap ammo to run through it. So, if you're looking for a cheap shooter, it's a lot of fun. They're big on uh, features and, and uh, low price point. This is your gun. It's the Rapid Fire Radio Gun of the Week. So, go over to rapidfireradio.us, scroll down so you see Gun of the Week, click on it, and use G-O-W at checkout for a very special savings off the gun of the week. So come check them out at Cape Gunworks and go to rapidfireradio.us. And I'll see you on Rapid Fire. Thanks for tuning in. All right, welcome back. Tell us what you think. Call or text 508-444-2120. That's 508-444-2120. And use code GOW for the Rapid Fire Gun of the Week. Go to rapidfireradio.us and click on the Gun of the Week in the banner and use code G-O-W. Um, so anyway, uh, it's a fun gun to shoot. I love them. They're neat and they're cheap and cheerful. So check them out. All right. Let's get to the comments here. Um, I haven't read much of the chat, although I've been following it along. Um, Jerry says, Toby, we have visited your shop annually, first in the bank and at your new facility. We visited the range shop last Friday, the 16th, but we miss you. I heard you came in and uh, were looking for me. Uh, your staff is outstanding, and it's nice to see familiar faces every time we visit. Shout out to Rashid. That's awesome, Jerry. Now, were you the one from Canada that came in uh, early on when we were at the other location? Because someone from Canada came in, and uh, we started, because we were in an old bank, we started a video series on YouTube called The Vault. I think it's still up on our YouTube channel, and it's uh, my first attempt at social media. And uh, so someone came in from Canada and said, oh, we had to come to your shop when we saw you, uh, when we decided to come to the Cape for vacation. 
and uh, we watch you on the vault. <laughs> I'm like, oh, great. There were like 10, 10 views per video or something then. Um, so it was pretty cool uh, to see someone in Canada come on, come on down and check it out. And Davey says their Banana Foster coffee is amazing. So Blackout Coffee Company's Banana Foster, you heard it here from Davey, says it's awesome. I'm going to take your word on that because I don't like flavored coffee. But anyway, uh, Blackout Coffee Co. We got the 2A Guns and Gadgets blend. It's a medium roast being given away to, well, next week on next week's show. So you're going to have to go over to rapidfireradio.us, scroll down and enter to win. Um, KP is saying the Phoenix pen. Woohoo, awesome prize. I have a Phoenix handheld. Great light. Yeah, they're excellent. We have all their uh, all their stuff in here. It's it's pretty good. They have some weapon-mounted lights too. Um, people get actual jail time for lying on the 4473, but that's not the biggest issue. It's dumping a live gun in a dumpster that anyone could get a hold of. Uh, true story. I got my gun from the dumpster down the street, the Hunter Biden loophole. Yeah, uh, not to mention when we come back from the break, we're going to play a cut for, for you from uh, Joe Biden's speech on uh, it was some gun safety place you know, the thing he did. Yeah, Safer Community Summit. Thank you. Um, But anyway, we'll be right back. If you want the best legal protection, join the USCCA. Go to uscca.co slash rapid fire for a special deal. That's uscca.co slash rapid fire to get special training, legal advice, and the legal protection you and your family need. I'm Toby Leary. We'll be right back. Personal Defense Network. For years, we've been the internet's leading destination for high quality information on equipment, training, and your preparation for personal or home defense. Our videos are meant for those who are serious about enhancing their ability to use efficient techniques to survive a dynamic critical incident. But now we've stepped things up even higher. We've added hours of high quality training videos just for our premium members. This content takes the body of work that is the Personal Defense Network up to an even higher level. Our goal with the Personal Defense Network is simple. Provide you with the highest quality video learning tips that are available. You'll find them inside of the premium membership. All you have to do is choose how to get started, and I'll see you on the inside. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show all things guns, freedom, second amendment, and self-defense. Toby Leary, your host. I'm happy you're here. So go ahead and jump on the chat. Let your voice be heard. Go to rapidfireradio.us. Follow along. Sign up to be notified whenever we go live. And like, subscribe, share, and shout from the rooftops. Just kidding. You don't have to do that. Uh, But spread the good word about Rapid Fire Radio, and we'd appreciate it. Um, Real quick, before we go to that cut by Joe Biden... There was a uh, lawsuit filed against a Pennsylvania sheriff for civil rights violations at gun shops. Um, There's an interesting article on bearing arms about this. John Petrolino uh, wrote it. And um, basically the lawsuit says that um, it's a constitutional violation, civil rights violation, because the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania makes all FFL sign away their Fourth Amendment rights and basically say that the PSP, the Pennsylvania State Police, 
can come in and search and you know look through uh, their books and inventory at any time because uh, basically it's a warrantless search uh, just to be able to sell firearms in that state. Uh, so it's it's really interesting. Um, they don't need probable cause or a warrant in order to do it. Uh, and this has been abused, I guess, by a certain sheriff's department. So um, Sheriff uh, Kilkenny recently announced a policy based on Section 33.116, where he contends that not only can his deputies come in to inspect the records of in the absence of probable cause and warrant, but that his deputies can seize the license of his, her, or its representatives for one to two hours and force them to respond to questions and provide any requested documents, all in violation of Article 1, Section 8, 9, 25, and 26 of the Pennsylvania Constitution. His policy also seeks to violate licensees for not having what he deems safe storage, even though the PSP has never defined such. Perhaps most disconcerting, especially given that he is a PA licensed attorney, is that his policy provides for the revocation of a licensee's license to sell firearms if they refuse to comply by asserting their constitutional rights. This is where tyranny leads, folks. This is the... um, this is exactly what tyranny looks like uh, when bureaucrats get power. They don't want to give it up, and then they want it to be expanded, and they basically want to tread on your rights. Um, so it's something to watch. I'm not going to read the whole article, but I, I'm glad to see it. And I think, uh, you know, when you think about the Second Amendment and as it relates to FFLs, it obviously doesn't, um, it gets tread on and infringed even further than the than the uh, individual right to keep and bear arms does as the person who goes and buys a gun or whatever. It's, t- it's times 10 when you're an FFL. So I like the lawsuit and I hope that they're very successful in it um, because it's, uh, it's, it's very needed to put uh, people in their place as far as it's as far as I'm concerned when it comes to the Second Amendment. All right, so uh, that Safer Communities conference that Joseph Biden uh, spoke at last week, um, he said a couple of really interesting things, uh, but one of them was in relation to the pistol brace rule, and go ahead and play that cut. Come on. These weapons don't have serial numbers. That's why they like to buy them. So criminals can use them, commit crimes, and not leave behind a registration of who owned the weapon. It made it harder for people to buy stabilized braces. Put a pistol on a brace, it turns into a gun. Makes it more, you can have a higher caliber weapon, a higher caliber bullet coming out of that gun. Yeah, so uh, obviously you put a a, a pistol on a brace and you make a gun. And then you get a higher caliber weapon out of that gun. So none of that makes sense. I'm sure you guys all heard the quote. Um, but this is a guy who's ordered his Department of Justice and his uh, bureaucracy that is part of the executive branch of government, um, the ATF, to change the rule as it applies to braced pistols. So basically they're saying what was legal for many years, especially the last 10 years, is now 
unconstitutional, or I shouldn't say unconstitutional, it's now illegal because they changed their mind on the application of the brace. We all know what's going on. Um, There's challenges to this all over the country. There's already been preliminary injunctions granted on this. Um, But I don't know if you saw Sheila Jackson Lee um, when she put up that board on the House floor to talk about um, the what a braced pistol does. <laughs> and it was just comical to hear hear them talk about it. And as you see Joe Biden talk about it, basically, I don't know if they're, he's really that dumb or if he is willingly misleading the public. Uh, so anyway, he also had this to say at the same conference. Go ahead. And in most cities down in Philadelphia and New York, areas I know well, like up here, you'd see a truck pull up, pull to the curb, and selling weapons, selling guns, selling AR-15, selling weapons. Well, guess what? You do that now, you go to jail. I, I relish the days of when we had the ice cream truck gun vendors out there. I really do. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's just not growing up in America. You know, when you hear the bell in the neighborhood, the, the jingling-a-ling, the jingling-a-ling, and you, you go, Mom, Mom, the, the gun guy's coming. Can I have a few hundred bucks? You are fake news. No, honey, you bought one last week. Nobody needs more than one gun. Nobody needs an AR-15. Be happy with your AK-47 that you bought last week. No, mom, mom, mom. Really, I want. I, I didn't get the, the AR-15. I got the AK-47, or I got the lever-action rifle, and and I really want a fully semi-automatic rifle. Come on, mom. all right. Because you did your chores, and you do. You are owed an allowance. Here's eight hundred bucks. Go chase down the, the AR-15 van. I can only wish that's how it was. But it's funny, after that quote came out, I tweeted, um, I'd love to know where this van is, asking for a friend. Um, the point is, he acts like this was something everybody in America saw. He said, you're up in Pennsylvania, you're in New York, places I know well. And a van would pull up to the curb. And he was selling guns. He's selling AR-15s. He's selling AK-47s. He's selling guns. And you're like, uh, no. Um, you know, I, I just can't remember that ever happening in my lifetime. You're a lion dog face pony show. Yeah, you are. Um, so, <laughs> and uh, Euro says, I got all my guns off the back of the Biden truck. <laughs> uh, so, uh, G-Web's finally joining us here um hope all is well bud i know you don't miss it unless there's a good excuse um but anyway uh kp's wondering uh he said on the end of 2a tuesday i mentioned possibly being an expert witness in up in an upcoming case i tuned in late i missed which case it was watch the i didn't say what case it was because i didn't want to um jinx it but uh let me see if there's any news on this. Today was going to be the day um, as to whether or not I'd be 
an expert witness or not. Um, no, I haven't heard yet. So the judge is taking it under advisement to allow me to be an expert witness in a really interesting case that I think is a very, very important case, but I don't think, um, I don't, I actually don't think they'll allow it. So, which is ironic, but we'll see what happens. Um, Let's see. Uh, hey, I won the fertilizer last week and picked it up yesterday. Thank you. Awesome, man. That's great, Paul. Thank you very much for participating. Um, yeah, it's a Massachusetts-specific 2A case, uh, KP. So um, that is that is good. Uh, we'll see how it goes. And KP says, I must be using my brace wrong then. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And God bless the queen, man, Mike points out. That's right. God bless the queen, man. Uh, Trucks pull up to curbs and sell guns. Gives new meaning to the rocket pop and the cannonball on the ice cream truck. Yeah, no doubt about it. Or maybe we could do a two-for-one. Like you could get your your creamsicle and your AK-47. Or if you buy any AK-47, you get your free creamsicle. What's really funny is Roy, uh, you know, Professor Claw was actually trying to figure out a way to do this, <laughs> have the ice cream truck or the food truck version of the gun store out there in the community. And it would be wonderful if we weren't limited by uh, infringements. But anyway, um, if you have a permanently installed gun safe in your vehicle, you still need trigger locks on the weapon. Thanks, Bill. No, I do not believe so, Bill. You can... As long as, well, when the you're underway and you're in direct control of the gun, it doesn't have to be unloaded. But if you're leaving the car in Massachusetts and you're leaving the gun in the permanently installed gun safe, then it has to be unloaded. So that's just something to keep in mind. Uh, free ice cream cone with every AR for AR-15 purchase from the Dingaling truck. I love it. I think it's great. Uh, Aaron, you're always missing the code word, bud, but I'll give it to you. It's rifle. So uh, I was going to say, you're going to have to go back and rewatch the whole first hour like you should have in the first place. But I'm not that guy. I'm being nice. So there you go. Um, well, we got a lot to talk about in the second hour with Jared Giannis uh, from Guns and Gadgets. So you guys want to stay tuned for that for sure. It's going to be an awesome, awesome show. Uh, an awesome second hour. We're really glad to have him. He's now no longer a mass hole. He's a Tennessee resident. So uh, so we're going to find out what it's like living out from behind the Iron Curtain in freedom, in, a, in freedom-loving USA. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, let's see. Um, Oh, G-Web's had some surgery, so hope all is well, bud. And uh, Euro says, about every bill from Congress does the exact opposite of what the name of it implies. Amazing. Yeah, you're right. No doubt about it. And we didn't really get to talk about the whole massive pressure coming down the pipeline from the White House and... uh, 
politicians in general, but mostly from the president, the vice president, uh, pushing for gun control. And if Congress doesn't act, we need to change Congress over. Okay, I'm okay with that. Let's change them out to pro-gun Congress that will continue to fight against your tyranny, your tyranny. But that's the end of the first show, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Remember, the show ends here for the first hour, but it goes on for another hour. So tune in at rapidfireradio.us. Call or text the Rapid Fire line, 508-444-2120. And go to rapidfireradio.us, ask questions, check out some of our content, and freedom will always be on the right side of history. Stay tuned. We will be right back with Jared from Guns and Gadgets. I'm Toby Leary. God bless, and we'll see you on the other side. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. Once you're involved in something like this, the stress level... It can tear up a family. He said he was tried in the court of public opinion before he ever stepped foot in a courtroom, but surveillance video helped shed light on what actually happened. 50-year-old Ford employee Billy Coert was charged with attempted murder for shooting his gun in the United Auto Workers 551 parking lot in June 2016. To have everything you work for taken away. Coart was suspended and then terminated from his job with Ford where he'd worked for nearly two decades. To have somebody have your back and have a company that have your back and then they put me in touch with a great attorney. That was the best feeling. Go to uscca.com to learn more about protecting yourself and your family. Alexander Hamilton said those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. This is Toby from Cape Gunworks. When our founding fathers drafted the Second Amendment, there was no question of its meaning. Today, if you have questions, come to Cape Gunworks for some advice, training, or to send a few rounds downrange. We have a fully stocked pro shop with a huge selection of guns, crossbows, archery, classes, rentals, a 15-lane range, and a friendly staff. Come on down to Cape Gunworks Airport Road, Hyannis, or capegunworks.com. For quite a long time, duck hunters have been shooting steel, but in the past few years, you've really seen a resurgence of a material called bismuth. And what bismuth is, it's got a density a lot closer to lead than steel, where, where steel's density is right around 7.8 or so, and lead's right around 11 grams per cc. Bismuth comes in about 9.6. So just to kind of lay it out for you, if you've got two objects flying at the same speed, the one that is denser at the same speed is going to hit a lot harder. So a great example is like how we're hunting today. 
We're out. We're out here on the. We're literally hunting a bay on the ocean. Fantastic spot. But the wind's coming in pretty hard. Normally, shooting the size ducks like the Eurasian Wisions and teals that we're shooting at today, I would probably choose to shoot like a, a number four steel. But because the wind's higher, I would maybe go to a number two because I'd get more energy and let the let the steel carry further. Bismuth allows you to go one shot size smaller and still hit the bird just as hard as you would. Now what that allows you to do, we're shooting a number three shot today, so we're getting all the pellets of a number three load, but we're getting all the energy of a number two steel shot. So it's gonna hit harder, it's really gonna extend your range, still meets all the lead-free requirements everywhere you are. Just a great product, and you'll definitely notice the power that you hit the birds with. Another thing with the Federal Premium Heavy Bismuth is we're shooting the flight control wad. So you can choke that with any choke you want, whether that's ported or not, getting incredibly tight patterns. Again, more pellets on the bird, just hits them hard. Welcome to Rapid Fire, a 2A talk radio show sponsored by Vortex Optics and the USCCA. Tune in each week at rapidfireradio.us to join the conversation. And now you can call or text the Rapid Fire line 508 444 2120. That's 508 444 2120. And you can like and subscribe on all the social media that you consume. Our handle is at Cape Gunworks and at Rapid Fire Radio. Wherever you find your social media, we're probably there. And uh, I want to welcome our guest, Jared, from Guns and Gadgets. Most of you know him well from his videos. He's one of the premier sources for gun news out there, if not the premier. And if you follow the Gundy Awards, he was the premier source for gun news uh, for, for those of us who consume it on a regular basis. So, Jared... Thanks so much for joining us today. How are you, my, my friend? Thanks, man. It's, uh, it's an honor to be here. Thank you uh, for the opportunity. Yeah, of course. Anytime. And, uh, you know, you're one of the smart ones who finally had enough and you climbed over the Iron Curtain and got the hell out of Dodge and didn't look at the <laughs> look in the rearview mirror probably until uh, you hit the Rhode Island, you know, Connecticut line. But <laughs> you're in freedom, uh, Tennessee now. Uh, what does it feel like to be out from under the, the, you know, the great scourge of the Mora Healy administration? Uh, it's it's nice. It's a breath of fresh air. Um, you know, Tennessee's got some work to do. I'm going to be working with Tennessee Firearms Association here to fix their constitutional carry to make it a legitimate constitutional carry. Um, and we're trying to stop uh, Governor Bill Lee from giving in the pressure for a red flag. Um, but uh, it's it's great here. I got three three cans right now in jail. Uh, something that I could never do in Massachusetts. Yeah, um, it's it's nice, man. It, it really is. The weather's great. I live in the mountains, uh, and every day I go out and have a coffee. It's coffee. It's like I'm looking at a painting. It's mm. it's gorgeous out here. Very nice. Speaking of which, drinking some blackout right now, and uh, today's giveaway in honor of you is the blackout coffee, the two A guns and gadgets blend. Um, so. Uh, this is the medium roast coffee, so go to rapidfireradio.us, sign up, and you can win the package of the blackout coffee. So it's good stuff. I drink it every day. Yes, there is. Yep, and uh, <laughs> and it it really goes to a good cause. So uh, I love what you do with Firearms Policy Coalition and and GAO and whatnot. I know that's that's a really important part of the whole 
that business side of things, I'm sure, on your end is is being able to fund some people that are doing good work uh, in the process. Yeah, right? it's it, it, it's a good part to be a, you know be a part of a, a owning a small business where I can actually not just talk the talk, but actually put money to the fight for the Second Amendment. Um, you know, our, our firearms policy coalition and gun owners of America Rose, like you mentioned, uh, our profit goes right to them on, on all of their items. Uh, and uh, on top of driving membership and donations on my channel, um, it's just another way where I can help, you know, fund the fight because court battles are not cheap, as you know. Right. Yeah. And there's a ton of them going on right now. <laughs> it seems there sure are. seems like every day there's a new one or two or three going on. And uh, it's just, you know. Unfortunately, I think that's where the battle is for the next couple of years because uh, Congress hasn't done much meaningful, much of anything meaningful except this, you know, Joint Resolution 44, which uh, hopefully the Senate will vote on soon. You, you did a video on that. And uh, do you have a little update or what, what do you say to the people who, you know, could help push this over the edge? What's at stake? What? What is it? What does it look like from your end? Sure. Yeah. So I got a, a little bird uh, who I got a notification from about forty-five minutes ago. There is a strong chance we're going to get a vote on House Joint Resolution forty-four in the United States Senate tomorrow. Oh, that'd be great. Um, so with that, guys and gals, wherever you're listening from, even if it's Massachusetts and your two senators are Markey and Warren. Call your senators and tell them you want them to vote on House Joint Resolution 44. The phone number is very easy. It's area code 202-224-3121. It's the switchboard for the United States Capitol. Even if you don't know who your, your senators are, you can just call and say, I want to talk to my senator. I live in X. You say the state and they transfer you. It's very easy. A, a, a representative in their office is going to be an aide is going to answer. You're not going to talk to the senator. I'll just say, hey, listen, my name is blank and I live here and I want my senator to vote in favor of House Joint Resolution 44. I'm asking people if you do call, it's going to take you about three minutes of your life, uh, but also throw in there that this resolution seeks to tell the ATF that they do not have the ability to circumvent Congress and make law. Mm. That's how you get to the Democrats. There are some Democrats who were, I can't put names out there, but there's some Democrats who were looking like they're going to vote yes on this. Um, tomorrow or maybe Friday, but uh, we need 51 votes. That's all we need. And there are a lot of people who push back and say, well, Biden's already said he's going to veto this. Yes, he has. But when you have a majority of your house of representatives and hopefully a majority of our Senate say that this is the wrong thing to do and ATF has overstepped its bounds, it's going to help us big time in court, which is like you said, where the battle is going to be. And we have cases going already. We have three preliminary injunctions Mm. with more hopefully to come. So 202-224-3121 takes seconds of your life. Mm. uh, And we can actually pressure the Senate to force a vote, just like we pressured the House to force a vote. Yeah, that was a big part of it. I think uh, you and I talked about this when, uh, you were here for the Jim Jordan event at Cape Gunworks. Uh, you were you were saying, "Hey, man, we're putting pressure on these guys. They don't like it, but that's it's their job, and they and we have to keep the pressure on." And and people were doing it right. People responded, yeah. overwhelming support, and uh, it actually forced the vote. Yeah, we uh, we angered uh, leadership, which is 
good because they're our employees. That's how I look at it. They work for me. They're going to hear from us. Uh, leadership didn't want this to go to the floor. They did not want to upset the administration. They didn't want to upset the DOJ. But we had enough people force the issue that they had no other choice other than to do their job. Shocker. Mm. Uh, but we can absolutely get the same thing done in the Senate. Do we get the 51? Maybe, maybe not. But to have a vote and to see where your senators and your representatives lie in a roll call vote, you can see how they vote is going to be huge on this going forward. And it makes it easier come election time when we have a record on how these clowns voted when they all say, hey, I support the Second Amendment. Please vote for me. Well, we have proof on how they vote. And that's a, that's a big win. Yeah, it also just, I mean, the biggest thing about it is, like you said, that they're circumnavigating the constitutional process. And, right. and that has been going on for decades. I mean, not just around guns, but everything. Every three-letter agency or regulatory body or enforcement agency, executive agency of bureaucrats, you know, appointed or hired or whatever, but unelected people have been effectively creating law in whether it's EPA or, you know, conservation or uh, fishes, fisheries and wildlife or ATF or IRS. This has been going on for decades and it basically neutered the power of Congress for a long time. And just starting to see, again, in the court systems, wins, uh, you know, reining that power back. Because right. if, if these agent unelected bodies of officials have the power to make people a felon by a rule change, the implications of that is huge. I mean, we talked about a little bit in the first hour about this uh, case in um, Pennsylvania where a lawsuit's filed against a Pennsylvania sheriff for civil rights violations where they're basically demanding that gun shops suspend their Fourth Amendment right and give the Pennsylvania state police and sheriffs the authority to come in and inspect their goods, seize their property, and uh, and you know, even suspend their license for one to two hours while they're being questioned. Right. And this is crazy stuff like that. That doesn't happen in any other segment of society. If you're a school teacher, they don't ever get to come in and say, Hey, um, you know, what are you teaching these kids? I'm suspending your license to teach and you got to sit there and answer questions and we can come in and audit you and, and look at your work and, get all the names of the people and you like none of that ever happens and maybe it should in the schools i know (laughs) especially in the public schools Uh, but but um you know the bottom line is we've allowed this to happen for so long and people are starting to wake up to it a little bit and see that you know our government has become this living breathing bloated tick of an organism that can make someone's life miserable in in the snap of a finger and basically circumvent the entire constitutional process. Yeah. And it's good that people are waking up and, and, and a lot of the, the cases you referred to base is based off of Chevron deference. And for those who are listening or watching the layman's term part, uh, Chevron deference basically says that if there is a, a segment of law that an agency is tasked with enforcing, if there's any 
vague areas in there, then they typically defer to the agency who is tasked with enforcing it, whether it's definition or something like that. But Chevron deference is not supposed to apply in the case like the ATF when there is a criminal penalty attached to that. Um, so in that case, the rule of lenity is supposed to take place or, or to, to take, uh, take hold. And the rule of lenity says that, you know, in that situation, then the, you're supposed to go lenient on the citizen. They're supposed to get the benefit of the doubt. Uh, and we're seeing right now the makeup we have in the United States Supreme Court. They're pushing back against Chevron deference several cases so far. And they've even taken a case that's going to be heard in their next, uh, their next session that will probably do away with it forever. So we have a lot of good momentum in the courts. And a lot of people are like, they, they say, Jared, why do we have to depend on the courts? Well, like Toby, like you were saying right now, our executive branch and legislative branch have become one based off of, you know, like we'll use Biden for an example, Biden having the department of justice do all of the things that they can't get through Congress. So when you have those other two branches that have melded, you kind of need that judicial branch branch to put some checks and balances on. And we have a favorable uh, Supreme court makeup to reel that in right now. And we can't never guarantee what the Supreme court's going to do, but they've shown so far uh, that uh, they're willing to say what finally needs to be said. And uh, Lord knows we're going to need it going forward because if we don't get the courts to reel back uh, the unconstitutional efforts by the government, then it's going to be on the people to do it. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, uh, you know, speaking of courts, you were talking about it in one of your videos today about the Third Circuit Court of Appeals, that preliminary injunction that came out. There was yep. some nuance to it that they've kind of reeled back or split the baby, if you will. Yeah. Uh, yep. Why don't you talk about that, if you could? Sure. So New Jersey is one of those states that has a brew and response bill. Basically, uh, they're, they're, it's their effort to try to still take away the right to keep bear arms from the people, the citizens in, actually it's not even citizens, it's just anybody now, mm-hmm. uh, in New Jersey. Uh, and there was a preliminary injunction that was uh, doled out, which stopped them in their tracks. And for people who don't know, uh, you know, use a lot of legal terms, preliminary injunction is something that is not given out by a court very easily. What it basically says is that just by the argument itself, that you're more likely than not going to win when it comes to the trial based off of the merits of the case. So in instance where New Jersey's anti-gun law was stopped, the judge is saying, listen, this is so out of line with the Constitution, you're more likely than not going to lose the case. We're going to enjoin you from doing some of these things. Well, anytime that happens in an anti-gun state, whether it's Massachusetts or New Jersey or California, New York, they always appeal to the circuit court, who typically is anti-gun as well. And yesterday we had a three-judge panel rule, two to one, that uh, they were going to, like you said, split the baby. They're going to take some of those uh, restrictions back to allow the state to continue to infringe, but they're going to leave a couple of them in place. The big ones that they left in place was the blanket ban on public property uh, carry and also carry, concealed carry in vehicles. Mm. Like, I mean, why wouldn't you be able to carry in your own car? It doesn't make any sense. But again, we're talking about New Jersey. Mm. Some of the other ones, they let the governor and his, uh, you know, his Gestapo continue to enforce work, uh, concealed carry in a lot of uh, public gathering places, parks, zoos, uh, museums, libraries, uh, casinos, restaurants, if they serve alcohol and the like. Uh, so there's a l- little bit of a win for us, a little bit of a loss for us, but this is just uh, just a ruling on the injunction itself has nothing to do with the trial, nothing to do with the, 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 the merits of the case. So that's going to continue to go forward. 
Now, this ruling yesterday, uh, if if so choose, could be appealed to the Supreme Court so that they can enjoin again. However, the Supreme Court typically doesn't take uh, take up those type of appeals. We saw that in New York a couple months ago with the Concealed Carry Improvement Act by GOA. Uh, they like to see the lower courts do their job, and if the lower courts still can't get their head out of their rectum, then they will take take it up on certiorari. So uh, New Jersey, little bit of a loss, little bit of a win. Uh, I ultimately believe that it, we're going to win that no matter what because it's so blatantly unconstitutional. Again, it's going to come down to the courts uh, because New Jersey is a very blue state, so legislatively it's not going to get stopped. It's going to come down to the courts. Right. Yeah, and, you know, what's interesting about this is the fact that they, like you said, thankfully it's just, this is all just about the preliminary injunction. So right. they're still going to go to trial about it or still rule on it in some some way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and ultimately there's appeals processes that may or may not happen on either side, no matter who prevails. But the bottom line is um, the one thing about Bruin, and I know I don't know if you know Mark Smith from Four Boxes Diner does a good yeah. job of breaking things down from a legal perspective. Um, he 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 really unpacked the Bruin decision in a way that made a lot of sense to me, and basically said that it's a paint by number, a step by step process for the inferior courts to follow right. the Heller decision. Really, and after Heller, it was still good law. It was still good case law. Uh, that that's still the law of the land. But the fact of the matter is all the lower courts throughout the country for the last 12 years or 11 years, whatever it is, haven't followed in the footsteps of that Heller decision. And Bruin's attempt is to is to make that right. And they really said, you got to stop with the two step process. You got to stop with the Chevron right. deference. You got to stop with the, you know, all that. And basically here it is paint by numbers, but here's this third circuit already trying to pull a, you know, post-Heller world and treat it the same and instead of treating it like the post-Bruin world where it's very easy to say, hey, uh, do you think the original intent of our founders as they ratified the Constitution in 1791 uh, would have prevented concealed carry in a vehicle or a wagon at the time? You know, it's... it's, Part of that is uh, anytime any gun control portion of life, whether it's government or a group, takes a loss in court, um, they immediately go back and they look through the decision, they look through the ruling, and they look for weaknesses. And in the Heller decision, they saw that weakness where they could use that that balancing test. And even in Bruin, which said, you can't do that, that's one step too far, they see a little window of opportunity off of sensitive places because I think it was Justice Kavanaugh, if I remember correctly, mentioned that, you know, Second Amendment rights are, you know, you can stop people from carrying at sensitive places, government buildings, polling places like that. So to the anti-gun, they're like, well, we'll just make everything a sensitive place and we can ban, ban uh, carrying firearms. And that's what New York did. And, and they're getting smacked down. Jersey's doing it. Uh, other places are doing it. Hawaii's doing it. It's the typical six anti-gun states. They're all going to follow each other. You know, none of, none of them will ever take a loss. They'll always fight. They'll always try to restrict the right to keep and bear arms. Uh, and this is just the result of what the, the judges, the justices said in Bruin. They're all going to tag on to that sensitive places until the Supreme Court says, smack, that's not what we meant, and says something else. So it's a game of, uh, you know, like cat and mouse in the legal uh, realm. And it's just an unfortunate reality. And it's not just, in, you know, we love the Second Amendment. It's just not in our 
section of life of the constitution. It's in everything, whether it's environmental law or what have you. Um, I know you wanted to touch base on what the attorney general of uh, New Jersey said. If you don't mind me looking to my right, I wanted to read the statement uh, of the attorney general in New Jersey on this third uh, circuit ruling. Um, The the AG said, uh, we are extremely gratified that the third circuit recognized that that uh, what we have always said, that New Jersey is likely to win this case because our sensitive places, the law complies with the Second Amendment. The Third Circuit correctly stayed the district court's dangerous injunction that allowed individuals to carry weapons into places like parks and zoos, libraries and museums, bars and casinos, and permitted demonstrations. This is a tremendous win for public safety, and we will continue fighting for our law. And you see, they lean on that public safety thing. Mm -hmm. That's the two-tier balancing act. California was using that for a decade. You know, we have balance your Second Amendment right versus public safety. And that's how they always get uh, public safety to take the lead in any case. And it was because they would say, you know, yeah, you might you might want to have a 12 round magazine, but the public safety says you probably don't need it. So we're going to rule against you. And Bruin shattered that. Yet here you go. Here's the attorney general of, of New Jersey saying, you know, we're going to use the two tiered uh, you know, system in, in our own mind. So. Right. He's going out there, he's painting it as one thing, but it's actually not. If you read the two pages for the ruling, it's nothing like he's saying, uh, but he's just trying to, you know, fire up his base so they can continue to put money in the anti-gun pocket. Yeah, and this is what I was talking about in the first hour, is the sentiment behind that whole thing. He said, you know, now we can prohibit people from carrying guns in zoos and parks and, you know, wait a minute, what's wrong with me? carrying a gun in a zoo in a park in a public place like that you're inferring that just me being there with my concealed carry gun is making the world a more dangerous place yeah but they're not keeping criminals out of any spot because criminals are the ones who are (laughs) perpetrating these crimes it's you and i aren't doing it right and they're not doing anything to you know did you go hard on criminals or crime it's just how can we take the gun away from the good guy or bad guy so that they can be more crimes and people ask for government to help. And thus, government gets bigger and bigger. Yeah, and this fails every time it's tried. Like, look at, you know, obviously the most easy one to poke at is Chicago, which had, I think it was 30-something people shot over the Juneteenth celebrations over the weekend um, in a highly gun-controlled, highly um, restricted area where for the longest time it was almost impossible to get a gun permit in in those uh, city in that city, and you look at California, which is arguably in the top three of all, maybe not even arguably, it might be the top one uh, or two of all gun controlled states in the country, and they're a disaster. They're a walking nightmare. More mass shootings in California than any other state, yep. and. So now what are they, what's their solution? Oh, the 28th Amendment. We, we need the 28th Amendment. We just need to take guns away but still allow people to exercise their Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. Well, that's, that's an oxymoron right there. The 28th Amendment and the Second Amendment will be at odds with each other forever. Like that's right. not a thing. But they want, it, they want to be able to say they support, and even Joe Biden said it at that, safety conference or whatever you know i'm a second amendment guy yeah <laughs> yeah okay all right yeah could have fooled me but um <laughs> so you know it's 
I just reject the whole sentiment in the first place that by having armed people in society, we are now a more dangerous society. And like you said, there's nothing there to keep the criminal element out. They're not disarming us and putting up metal detectors and making you walk through a thing and searching your bags and frisking you down and patting you down and all of that like you do in an airport or something. So that means they're just taking away my right to walk into these places where I feel I should be armed in you know, the unlikely event that I, I need to use my arm to protect myself or my family. However, I know, you know, Joe career criminal is not going to comply no matter what law you pass. So all yeah, you really will his son and he'll just get off easy and they'll pardon him anyway. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No doubt about it. Um, we talked about that in the first hour too. It's like, I, what I said I really wish happened was that they charged him and then he that you saw the news about the the defense attorney saying that they're going to cite the Bruin case as his legal defense uh, as like the 4473 is unconstitutional or, or the question itself is unconstitutional. So I was like, yes, please, well played, do it, like do it. That would have been the best, uh, best case scenario, but... All right, we're going to go to a quick break. We're here with Jared from Guns and Gadgets. Everyone knows who he is. He's the premier source for news around the Second Amendment on the Internet. And we're going to continue this fascinating conversation on the other side. So if you have a question for Jared, give us a call, 508-444-2120, or text your question to 508-444-2120. And we will be right back, so stand by. Firearm for personal protection has never been more popular than it is today. The USCCA can help fortify your home, sharpen your awareness, and develop your defensive plan. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up. Your family's safety and security is your responsibility. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up for a USCCA membership and get special training, legal advice, and legal protection you and your family need. Vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex Optics today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire. We are here with Jared from Guns and Gadgets on Rapid Fire, the 2A talk radio show that you can give us a call or text your questions to 508 444 2120. If you have any questions for Jared specifically, get on the lines now or send a text or jump in the, into the chat. And uh, right uh, when we were on the break, I was asking Jared if he had any updates on the Massachusetts specific cases. Uh, there's two things that are kind of working their way through the courts. One is the NAGA case uh, on the assault weapons ban and the ma- large capacity magazine ban. And then the second thing is the Firearms Policy Coalition uh, mass approved weapons roster and attorney general regulation case. So um, if you could, Jared, why don't you tell us a little bit about either one of those? Sure. Um, so 
We'll start with the assault weapon ban MAG case. That's the National Association of Gun Rights. Uh, and that case is a couple months old, although they just had their first hearing three weeks ago. Um, and uh, I spoke with uh, who's the uh, the boss man out there and, and got some information from their, their attorneys too. And uh, other than so we go to present case in court, right? There's the defense, there's, you know, the there's two sides, right? There's the, the good guys and the bad guys in our case for the for the guns. And then the judge is supposed to be an impartial party, just supposed to be judging things based off of facts that come out in the argument. Well, immediately when uh, the National Association of Gun Rights attorney started to present his case, the judge started to argue with him, uh, pushing anti-gun rhetoric. It's very obvious how this initial round is going to be ruled. Uh, we're going to lose this, uh, but we're going to continue this fight, I'm sure. Um, but the judge was saying that, you know, like, if it's just because you have the right to it because it's, you know, in common use, then, then what about uh, any, believe it or not, he pushed it to drugs. Like, what about fentanyl? Fentanyl's in, in common use. Does that mean it should be legal? Mm. Now, this is a judge sitting on... He's supposed to represent freedom, right, and to be an impartial party, but making arguments like that. So when you hear stuff like that from a judge, you already know which which way it's going, which is good, and that'll probably be used against him, trust me. Uh, so we're going to lose that round uh, more than likely, I'd say 95% chance, mm. but that's, that case isn't done because Bruin, Massachusetts has to follow it too. Uh, and the other case, which was the Farms Policy Coalition case related to the roster, um, I actually did a lot of work with that. I had to get them plaintiffs. I helped with the uh, behind the scenes and pushing that as well. Um, so made it a first round was dismissed. It was appealed. The appellate court made a decision with this. You know, this, this will, we kind of have to follow this. So they did what similar to like the Supreme Court does. That's called GVR. They granted. They, they hear heard the case. They vacated the decision of the, the lower court. And they remitted it back. So they sent it back to the court, stripped previous ruling, which said, you know, the roster is a good and said, you need to redecide this based off of Bruin, which is good. We don't have any uh, court dates set yet, but now they have to, you know, the judge has to redo everything he did based off of Bruin. And I don't see a way around it because if you're looking at, you know, guns that are pre-banned in Massachusetts versus new versions now as you know, unless you're talking about certain types of weapons that drop and go off, uh, the new ones are typically safer than the older ones. So to keep newer guns off the market when they're used in every other state and say that they're dangerous, when there's no you know, paper trail of that at all, it's just asinine. So Massachusetts is looking at two black eyes, and I see it as two losses coming. Uh, again, it's going to take time. Uh, so you know, support those support you. I always say it. Support Firearms Policy Coalition. You can go to the join if you haven't already. Uh, donate to them for this case specifically. You can go right to their website. Uh, you can do the same to National Association of Gun Rights. I always say support those who support you guys. Whoever is in the fight, if it's something you believe in, if you like the way that they fight or support the second, then uh, you know instead of ordering a large pizza this month, throw them twenty five bucks. It goes a long way. Hey, Jared, real quick, I'm going to ask you to just disconnect and reconnect because we're getting a little bad, glitchy audio here. So for the sake of our listeners, if you don't mind, uh, just drop off real quick and reconnect, and I'll fill the air time here uh, okay. while, while we go. But um, that we might get a better connection once we reconnect. Uh, so we want to make sure 
it's as good a connection for the people as possible. And uh, this is all really good info and relevant information for our listeners. So I, I think it's, uh, you know, huge to get him back on. But um, so KP says, my channel was the first time I ever heard about Jared's and been subscribed ever since. So, all right, that's good news, J- KP. Thank you for that. And if you want to talk to Jared, give us a call, 508-444-2120. And he's back and looking better and sounding better already. So uh, <laughs> we can see it. The in- signal's got to go over the mountain. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no problem. <laughs> it's uh, it's not quite carrier pigeon, but it's uh, it's, you know, probably smoke signal type type uh, <laughs> yeah. uh getting there one way or another but um so yeah i agree this um these cases are going to take some time to go through the through the system and i i relish the day when the courts get smacked down for uh the decades worth of unconstitutional upholding of bad law that they've been doing in in you know since my entire adult life, gun owning life, uh, I've felt like I've been treated as the redheaded stepchild as far as uh, you know society is concerned because I, of my love of firearms and and my desire to keep them and bear them and own them. I've been you know that same sentiment from that attorney general Matthew Plaken is the same thing we get here in Massachusetts, like. Oh, yeah. Even when like COVID happened and gun stores were closed, the whole attorney general, like her little tweet saying, you know, gun stores are not an essential business. Yep. Because that's of- why I fought so hard. I got GOA in to fight them. I worked with FPD to fight them. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there are times big groups will come to, to Massachusetts and, uh, to see them fighting now for something that's almost unconstitutional with the AWB and the roster, it's good to see. Yeah. And, you know, that same type of uh, projection upon gun owners that we were just talking about was the same thing in that case, in that tweet when she said, you know, domestic violence and, and um, you know, women have a higher chance of being killed during this COVID because of guns or whatever. And it was like, it was just crazy talk saying like, you know, arm them. Yeah, I know. Right. Train them and arm them. And that's what, what it's all about. And I've, I've long said that, you know, when I first applied for my license to carry when I was 18, it was, I felt I was insulted, man. Like you're treating me like I'm a criminal. You're fingerprinting me, photographing me. Uh, background check, you know, that's going to take one to three months. In fact, it took six months when I applied for my license to carry. Um, and and uh, they didn't want to give it to me. They had it ha- hidden in a drawer and said, you know, finally handed it over and said, don't screw it up. But I remember the whole fact that, you know, Department of Criminal Justice System is the one that administers the, the license to carry card. And right. you know, I was like, what is this? Like, you're just waiting to throw the switch. But anyway, um, it, Mike, one of the people here on the chat say, just a few more gun laws and we'll all be safe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what Joe Biden thinks. Right. For sure. Did you uh, hear about that New York congressman who wants to expand the gun-free zone around schools to 5,000 feet? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, all that's going to do is create bigger uh, fish in a barrel scenarios. We yeah. all know that. It's crazy. I mean, they, they just 
they they just say what their followers want to hear so that they'll eat it up and support them more. That's it's just a game. That's yeah. all it is. Yeah. No, it's it's I agree. They're they're trolling for the low hanging fruit of the people who are gonna, you know, donate to their cause and uh, that's so let me ask you this. We we just had this whole gun listening tour in Massachusetts and I gotta say, um somewhat proud of Massachusetts for not doing what New Jersey and New York did, which was as soon as Bruin ruling came out, not rushing to try to fix it by making it worse. I'm not necessarily thinking that that won't happen. It certainly could. And they just completed this, you know, statewide listening tour which I know you're aware of, and I, I was one of the panelists in Greenfield, uh, but I think they had like 13 or 12 different sessions. And they're, they've been tasked with saying, we're looking at the, all the gun laws in the state from a top down, nothing's off the table and nothing's necessarily on the table. And this tends to be the, the MO for Massachusetts when legislation is coming. And we noticed in the last, I think, 10 years or whatever, that we had, I think it was 2018 when the last big reset of gun laws was in the right. state where they were proposing, you know, banning pre-banned mags. They were proposing uh, universal background checks, all this stuff. And really what ended up happening was just more restriction on safe storage at the house or storage laws at the house. But most of that went off the table and went by the wayside because of the listening tour. So maybe they are actually listening and uh, hopefully they are, but what's your feeling on any of that? Did you, uh, I don't know if you had any inside info on that or, or at least, you know, what your feeling is along how that, that whole thing went down. Well, this is just my gut uh, and being in mass for so long. um, It is going to continue to do what they want to do. Uh, unless and until people really their voice heard. Um, like we mentioned earlier, you know, the Democrats always push to the low hanging fruit. I will give them credit. The anti-gun groups, they are loud. They are rampant. They are always, they always show up at events, at meetings, at hearings, always. They do that much better than we do. And that has some effect on why they get a little more small victories than we do. Uh, people, we need, it's tough for, for people to start to make phone calls when they know that I'm going to call Elizabeth Warren. She's not going to change anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I say is if you don't call them, if you don't let them know you're against things, then silence is acceptance. Any politician, they, they take tallies of how many calls they got in favor of something, how many they got against it, how many emails, how many visits, the same. And if they say, well, look, you know, there's this bill that we're looking to get rid of all semi-automatic firearms in Massachusetts. And I heard from 1,500 people who said get rid of them, and I heard from three people that said don't. That goes a long way. You know, are you going to sway a little more? No, you're not. But why not Thorn on their side when they're trying to take away your rights. Uh, that's the one thing I try to get more people to be an advocate. Uh, there don't have to be that advocate who's in the state house, you know, screaming at the top of their lungs. You could do things like, hey, 
watch a video from Toby or myself or anybody else, and then take that information and give it to somebody else who you know doesn't watch those channels. Somebody at work, talk to your friends or family, uh, talk to neighbors, take friends to the range, take family members to the range. That's how we win in small incremental changes where we can actually effectuate somebody's life. Show them what it's like to actually be able to protect themselves. Talk about scenarios. Um, Massachusetts is going to Massachusetts until Massachusetts makes it stop. Um, you know, there's a lot of good ideas, but we need people on our side to get it done. And there are, the, the other side shows up a lot more than we do and we have to change that. Yeah, I agree. And, um, one thing I'll say about that is at that listening tour event, I was at the, the red shirt showed up, the moms demand action and, uh, but I will say their knowledge base is very skin deep, if you will. Yes. It's, yeah. it's, it's very, you know, read off a placard or, or a little cheat sheet. And that was really the extent of their knowledge. They, they get involved because they think they're doing the right thing. But honestly, they're not like the gun crowd, which is passionate and the beliefs run deep and they right. aren't willing to surrender their rights. So talk to them and, you know, hear them out and maybe you'll change a heart or two in the process. You know, there's always going to be the people that are just lost causes, but there's other people that are just trying to do something that they think is meaningful and they're really, really, um, you know, off on the wrong tangent, if you will, but knowing that no, everything that they propose would never prevent a, a mass shooting or a school shooting. That there, right. you know, there is things we can do that would prevent that, and that, for some reason, is the conversation that's never, never talked about. Yeah, you're right. If we, if we start to come, you know, arm ourselves with those facts and have those conversations, like you said, you can destroy their, you know, their will paid and their will informed. They're told what to say. You can easily defeat whatever rhetoric's coming from them with facts. And as long as you know the facts and can present them in a calm, collective way, it's very easy to make their argument look, you know, childish and to, and to educate people in the process. Right. And uh, I noticed that tweet you put out ab- about Governor Bill Lee, who actually, um, it, I agree with everything he said in that tweet, and you, you took him to task on the red flag part of it. Um, but it says we've made significant investments to secure our schools and applications are now open for two critical programs, $140 million for armed SROs in public schools and $54 million for security upgrades to public and non-public schools. Um, I think that's stuff that it would be very meaningful in ending uh, the gun, gun, the kill zone loophole, as I like to call it, uh, because that's really what it is. It's, it's, inviting crazy but um so so there's some stuff that he, right now the red flag laws are still on the table is that what the essence of that tweet was yeah uh april, i'm sorry august i think it's august 20 the week of august he has a call legislative back in nashville for a special session specifically to try to this all came this was all you know, scripted. This came after the shootings in Nashville. Uh, all of the anti-gunners put all of the money that was available at the time into protesting in the state house and pushing um, many anti-gun uh, bills. There's four, 13 or 14 anti-gun bills that were pre-filed for the special session. Um, I don't think many of them have the, the chance to see the light of day. Tennessee is very red 
Um, and in fact, the Republicans have already said, you know, if red flags on the table. It's there. so uh, still on the people telling our, you know, the truth about red flags. A lot of people don't know what red flags truly are because they don't, they're not educated by the people who know what they're talking about. Almost every one of our, you know, rights in the bill of rights, the first amendment, the second amendment, the fourth and the fifth, you just go down the line and violate all of them. And people don't understand that. They just, you know, all we have to do is save one person. Right. You know, that thought process, it, it's, it's good. There's good to that thought process, but violating people's rights, stripping them of their constitutional rights to, to hopefully save one is not the way to go. You know, our, our constitution's there for a reason. We don't give it up uh, to make people feel good. Sorry, right. you know, we just don't. Yeah, and and that's an interesting perspective from for someone like yourself from a law enforcement background, which a lot of law enforcement doesn't have that sentiment. They, you know, I've heard cops tell me that they prefer people unarmed. They're like, ah, I don't like a license to carry. You know, I don't want to interact with people who are armed in the course of my uh, business. And I'm like, well, you don't really have to worry about the people who are going through the process and, and carrying a gun for all the right reasons. Uh, yeah, I get it that the criminal element, you don't want to encounter armed career criminals, but that's a whole other subject. Why are they out on the street after the third or fourth time they've, they've violated, you know, the law? Uh, right. But so that, that, did you always feel that way as far as even as a law enforcement uh, officer? Yeah, man, because uh, even when I was, a, I was a cop in New Orleans, too, and, you know, if I stopped somebody who had a gun, the first question I had was, like, what are you carrying? Like, what do you got? <laughs> yeah. uh, and then, you know, it was like, you keep yours where it is, I'll keep mine where it is, and let's just, you know, talk about what we're here to talk about. And, you know, but I have looked at the wrong end of a firearm in other occasions. You know, it's it's the... It's not the tool that I'm worried about. It's the, it's the heart of the person wielding the tool. Right. You know, it doesn't have to be a gun. Like you, people can get maimed with anything. Look at throughout history, people killed people before firearms were even invented. So right. to, to put the, the, the problems of society on a, a piece of you know, steel and plastic, it's just misguided. And unfortunately it's easy for people to, 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 you know, target an object rather than to target a serious problem. And that's, you know, mental health or, how do you legislate the hearts and minds of people? You can't, uh, right. you know, those are the things we need to talk about. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I've always been, uh, I, I grew up very, de- like my, when I grew up, my family, they're all Democrats. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I got to go to work for a living and see things on my own, that's when I realized uh, the, the other life for me is better. And uh, right. I, I care I, more people that more good guys with guns is better for society. I truly believe that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I always say, look at, uh, if somebody's going to rob a store and there's 30 people in there, if they think that 29 of them might be able to shoot back, they're not going to rob that store. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the whole uh, aspect of it is a way well. Yeah, and, you know, you bring up a good point. A lot of people um, don't really think about it, but carrying a gun for defensive purposes carries a whole other implications on, depending on where you live, of course. Like, you can look at the Jordan Neely, who, you know, on the subway and uh, that, you know, guy who was acting up or whatever and um, got choked out and he ultimately died. But in you look at his history, the guy was wreaking havoc on a subway system and a, a good Samaritan steps up and puts an end to it one day. And now he's the victim. And I mean, he's the uh, perp, if you will. It, so it, right. it depends where you live, of course. But 
either way, the the fact that you can take care of yourself and your family comes first and then everything else second. You know, that's really what it comes down to. But there there are some serious implications uh, to that. But hopefully um, people will realize that just being able to go home to your family is more important than, you know, not ending up in court for defending yourself. And Yeah, I mean, give yourself a fighting chance. You right. know, live to see another day. Worry about the the sit down behind a desk stuff when it's time to worry about that. But I'm going home every single day. That's my main thought in my in my brain is no matter where I'm going, I'm making sure I go home. I'm doing everything I can to make sure I go home to my kids and my wife. Yeah, and uh, armed society is is a polite and a and a safe safer society than an unarmed society. I think history will prove that time and time again. And um, you know you got you got always going to have the politicians. Uh, that don't like an armed population, but that brings back the good old bumper stickers from 30 years ago when I first became a bumper uh, uh, gun owner, where it said like, you know, fear the government that fears your guns or whatever. But you know, there's a little bit of truth to that, and that is what what is the why are you so afraid of good people keeping and bearing arms? Yeah. Well, there's a reason America was never invaded, right? Mm, that's true. <laughs> we would be, I think our standing army would at least rival China's at that point if you act, if you include all the gun owners. Not to say they're all able bodied uh, military age, you know, men and women, but, but um, it would, yeah, there's definitely something to be said for that. And look at Ukraine, which, you know, had banned guns and now all of a sudden they're handing them out at the, at the, and that that was a subject that actually changed the mind of some people who were anti-gun. I have, yeah. I have friends who are like, oh, I don't think you should own guns. Well, do you think the Ukrainians should be able to own guns? Heck yeah. You know, I'm like, but they're handing out fully auto AK-47s at the local police department. Yeah, they need to. I'm like, well, why do you think we don't have to worry about that here? Right. Yeah, they don't. They don't. They don't get it sometimes because. That's political theater. They're told to think that. You know, when you actually ask them the rationale and uh, to, to dig within their own beliefs, then it kind of gets uncomfortable for them. Yeah, and you're actually making the argument for weapons of war, military <laughs> guns, you know. Uh, the weapons of war, nobody needs an AK-47 unless you live in Ukraine. Now we hand them out. At yeah. the, I said, America, which has the right to keep and bear arms, Gun uh, uh, police departments have gun buyback programs, and Ukraine, which doesn't have a right to keep and bear arms, I believe they do inherently as a human, but constitutionally by their government, you don't. They're handing out fully automatic AK-47s at the local police department. So, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> crazy, crazy world we live in. No doubt about it. Um, so what, what's, what's next for you, Jared, down in Tennessee, you plan on just doing the show or you got anything else in the works? you got, uh, you go into some events coming up and stuff like that. I'm jumping on a plane tomorrow morning. I'm heading out to, uh, Iowa else for gun con. I'll be out there. If, uh, anybody is going to that event, uh, then, then I have to go down to Blackout Coffee for a couple of weeks and, and do some some business things. Uh, but uh, the show will continue as long as the government's infringing. I'm going to try to educate people and get them that information, and I'm going to still do what I do uh, to try to work with groups who are suing government. Um, 
I, I do a lot of stuff behind the scenes that I don't, I, you know, I don't bring out because uh, I'm, I'm not looking for attaboys, but I have definitely am fighting still in Massachusetts, trying to get FPC and, 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 and NAGR, their information. I'm still working on trying to get things done in Tennessee. Uh, I'm just, I'm just trying to be a freedom loving American and trying to educate people as I go along, man. Yeah. Well, it's a very rewarding work when you work uh, in, in the industry as we do. Um, I'm, I feel like we're doing something that's more than just bringing home a paycheck. It's, it's actually um, advocating for the rights of Americans and those who are here legally, they can all participate in, in freedom. And uh, that's something that, has generational implications and uh, obviously needs to be preserved for the for the fact that it's under attack from every angle and every turn. And yeah. uh, so it's for that reason, it's rewarding work. It's uh, sometimes an interesting type of work because we tend to eat our own in certain respects mm. in certain ways. And I wish there was a way to rally people together for, for that cause. But what do you think? Um, I mean, you mentioned the, call on the capital switchboard, but is there any other thing that you think people can or should be doing that would kind of be the rally rallying cry for preservation of our rights? What, what's some stuff like that you do behind the scenes that anyone else could do uh, to, to help provide a, uh, a future for the second amendment? Uh, you'd be shocked at the amount of people who don't even know what the second amendment says, mm-hmm. um, try to educate folks, get them to understand that We have two generations now that can't read cursive because schools, especially public schools are too busy to try to teach it mm-hmm. with all the woke stuff. What do you think the founding documents are written in their cursive? So we have two generations now that, that can't read it. So mm-hmm. we have to perpetuate the education part. Um, show people, I mean, there's apps on their phone. You can get the constitution, the bill of rights. Do not be afraid to contact your local representatives. And if somebody's out there listening that wants to really make a difference, run for office, Mm. Uh, run for office at your town or city level, get on the school board. You can do a ton of good uh, just infiltrating the school board with a a constitutionalist mentality, Uh, run for selectman, run for council member, uh, and then work your way up because we need more constitutional minded uh, representatives in, in all forms of government, federal, state, and local. Uh, so that's a big one. We need more people on our side uh, running, running for office. Because, and, and don't don't get intimidated. You don't have to be an attorney to run. You don't have to be one of these big, rich people to run. There's ways to get funded, and uh, that's the way the country was originally designed. You go leave the farm for a couple of years. You you do some lawmaking. You govern. You come back and live by the rules and laws that you govern. Uh, you created. So mm. we need to get back to that. Yeah. And uh, you know, like you said about being fractured, could you imagine if we can get 350 million gun owners? acting as one force we would not lose man mm. that's my ultimate goal before i take my last breath i would love to see us all work together uh to the common cause good we only got a minute left but do you, quick question from the chat do you have any plans to run for office or, or anything like that or uh, you never know i'm in a new state um i'm getting to understand the lay of the land met some of the politicians you never know i mean i'm not okay. going to say n- uh, no but uh i i think right now i do more good doing what I'm doing, yeah. uh, but you never know. It's funny you say all that. I haven't even told too many people, but I am running for town council uh, in West Barnstable. So you heard it here first. My producer. That's awesome, man. Congratulations. So, I'm glad you're doing it. Yeah. So that'll be, uh, that'll be interesting to see how that all goes. And, and uh, 
I'm not, like you said, the guy who leaves the farm and goes to Congress. That's how I feel. I'm like Joe Business Guy. You are fake news. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) So I'm not a politician, and I'm so head in the dirt when it comes to, you know, the House of Cards way of I'm from the government, and I'm here to help. So uh, anyway, we'll see how it goes. And that's all you need to know. That's it. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, with that, Jared, I want you to have the last word. Tell everyone where they can find you. How do they follow what you do on a day-to-day? And, uh, you know, what's the best way they can support your work? The best way to support me, the easiest way to find me is on YouTube, Guns and Gadgets. I'm on all the major social medias as well. Uh, The biggest way to help the channel is to subscribe to it and share the videos. Get that information out because YouTube hates the truth about the Second Amendment and they try to stop it at all costs. So get the information out and I thank you for that. Absolutely. Thanks so much for being on, brother. It's great talking to you and uh, stay safe. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Take care. And thank you for tuning in. And remember, the show ends here, but you can always tune in at rapidfireradio.us. Or call the text line, or call or text the Rapid Fire line, 508-444-2120. Leave a message any time of the day or night. And keep up the good work. Support your local community. Be an advocate for responsible gun ownership. Together as Americans, we can overcome. I am Toby Leary. God bless, and we will see you next time.